You're tuned in to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcast live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for over 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Welcome East Tennessee to More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You know, music can change the world. That's a quote from Beethoven, and I think that's so true. You know, music is a powerful healer. It can be an escape, a place to wander. It can create beautiful memories. Music can express a mood, create a setting. Or help someone remember a moment in time. I personally have spent my life, my first love in life with me was music. And it plays such an important part of my life and how I see the world through sound and through my ears. Today, I'm very excited to focus on my passion, which is music. Joining us in studio is our friend Aram Demergen. He's the music director and conductor for the Knoxville Symphony Orchestra. Aram holds a joint Bachelor of Arts in Music and Government from Harvard University and a Master of Music in Orchestral Conducting from New England Conservatory. He's been with the KSO since 2016, and he's worked to bring national distinction and visionary programming to the Knoxville Symphony. Good morning, Aram. Great to have you with us. Well, I'm flattered at that introduction, Jim, but even more so uh, really moved at that beautiful ode to just why we all love music that you started off the show with. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Well, thank you. I, I, um, I, I want to talk about a lot of things. I want to talk about music for kids. I want to talk about and all the things the symphony's doing in the market uh, here in East Tennessee. Um, give us a little perspective, Aram, on for, for the size town that we have, the size city we have here in Knoxville. You know, I'm not sure some people may be listening today realize what a treat we have in the Knoxville Symphony in terms of the level of, 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 of orchestra that we have here. Can you touch on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, for, uh, for a community, the, our population, uh, Knoxville Symphony is actually a, it, it's, it's a much larger organization and a much more artistically superior organization than most cities our size in the country have. I mean, there are there are cities that are twice our population, metro areas that are twice our population that don't have an orchestra half as excellent, um, or you know, uh, or, or you know, with half the budget size and and the financial health. So, you know, Knoxville Symphony is a world class orchestra, and all, in talking about it in you know relative terms, when I talk to people in the industry about the Knoxville Symphony, people from other cities, I say, you know, we punch above our weight. You're you're going to come and you're going to you're you're going to hear an orchestra that you would expect to hear in a larger city. Let's go back 7 years, 2016, you came to the symphony. What brought you to Knoxville? What attracted you to Knoxville and the Knoxville Symphony? Well, 
I mean, if I'm if I'm being a little <laughs> if I'm being a little facetious, but also a little bit honest, uh, they were offering me a job. And when you yeah. <laughs> when you're you know when you're a conductor, you go where the work takes you. But in all seriousness, um, you know, I applied for this position at a very young age. You know, younger than I thought I had any chance of being hired. Um, but you know, it's actually it's 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 an interesting story. Uh, I did not know a lot about the Knoxville Symphony when I first applied for the position, but I had a point of reference for Knoxville. And much like what you were saying at the beginning, my point of reference for Knoxville was through classical music, because there is a very famous and much beloved piece among professional musicians by Samuel Barber called Knoxville summer of 1915. And it's based off of text by James Agee from his book, death in the family and so i thought okay there there there's 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 a hook for me to begin with and then when i got into the process of being a candidate for the position before i actually came to my audition a lot of people don't know this uh, about about seven months before i actually came to my audition i secretly kind of parachuted into knoxville to visit the city for a week and get a vibe for the city when i wasn't under the uh, under the microscope under the spotlight and I remember uh, I walked around Market Square, and that's when I had this feeling of, oh, there's there's a vibrancy here. There is, you know, there there there's a there's an active sense of community in this place. And when you have that, when you have that kind of energy already humming in the city, that's a that's a great breeding ground for art and for creativity. Yeah, Knoxville's a pretty special place. When we go back to your childhood, Aaron, you, your spark for music started at an early age. Tell us, how did you first get involved in music? Well, I was surrounded by music in my house from even before I could remember. Uh, my parents were both uh, excellent musicians who didn't pursue performance professionally, but you know, dad played violin, plays violin, mom plays piano. Uh, she's the director of our church choir. Uh, when I, when I was 10, she started becoming a high school music teacher. Uh, my sister, uh, is an excellent musician in her own right. And I was the baby of the family. And so, you know, I, th there was just music constantly in my ears from the time that I was an infant. And so it was, it was pretty much a given that I would start playing an instrument and, I started playing piano when I was three years old because I kept hearing my older sister doing it. And I was like, I want to do that too. Um, and then I was, uh, very, I was very fortunate to go to, a, to go to school and to be in the same, uh, kindergarten class as the daughter of Yo-Yo Ma. And so Yo-Yo Ma was the chaperone on my school field trips. And he was somebody that I already idolized from his appearances on Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And I knew very early on that piano wasn't totally for me, but cello was what I wanted to do because I wanted to be like Yo-Yo Ma. I started playing cello at seven years old. I started singing in choir at that age also. And really, even though I'm an orchestral conductor, uh, choir and singing has probably played as significant, if not even more significant, a role in my life overall. And I got involved in youth ensembles, both through school and through outside of school programs. And that that became my community. That became where I found 
friends that became where I found a sense of self, where I, you know, built confidence, found something that I was, that I was good at, that, you know, that I could see that when I put work into it, I was getting something back from it. And the older and older I got, the more it became the most important thing. It was always extracurricular number one, but it hit a point where I was like, extracurricular number one is superseding everything else. Yeah, that's really fascinating hearing your journey because I hear so many similarities. You know, my I grew up in, I was the youngest. I grew up in a family of four kids. Uh, my mom was a professional accompanist, and she played for the Suzuki Method here in Knoxville for the violin. Yep. Um, she was the accompanist, and um, I remember I went to a concert, and I was four years old. And it's probably my first memory I ever have. I was four years old, and we were we were going down Cumberland Avenue, and I told her I wanted to start playing violin. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I grew up around it, you know. It was in my household. I know I would have heard a lot of music when I was in my mom's womb. Right, and you right. would have too, which we're going to actually get to that. I'm going to talk about the yeah. importance of development. So we're visiting with Aram Demergen this morning. He's with the Knoxville Symphony. When we come back, we're going to get more into what's coming up with the symphony and how they're helping with education here in East Tennessee with our young kids. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. Welcome back to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan. We're talking about passion and the effect of music. Music has been an integral part of my life since I was really my first memories. We're pleased to have Aram Demergen on with us. We have a real blessing here in Knoxville, Tennessee with the Knoxville Symphony Orchestra and many of the other fine arts we have available here and how good they are for a town of our size, a city of our size. We're visiting with Aram about things. I want to really kind of dive into things that the symphony's doing in the community. Before we talk about that, though, Aram, I do want to talk about the power of music in a lot of different ways. You know, Johns Hopkins research has shown that listening to music can reduce anxiety, blood pressure, and pain, as well as improve sleep quality, mood, mental alertness, and memory. How critical to our health is music? I think it's inc- it's essential. You know, I, I think it's I think it's an essential part of everybody's diet. You know, we, we, we talk about with nutrition that you are what you eat. I think, uh, you know, with all of the senses, what you consume and, you know, all, all, all of those feedback mechanisms that go back to your central nervous system affect your long term health. And, um, you know, music, music is music is the ideal of how the world vibrates around us and no no more is that true i think than when you're very young i think the the type of the type of musical experiences that you have when you're young can really have a lasting effect on your health in those early years and i say that because i've seen it through the kso's music and wellness program which is uh in its 20th year actually can't believe it it's been around that long this is uh, we we have um five musicians who are what are called therapy certified musicians and the KSO 
was the first orchestra in the country to have a certified music therapist as a member of our staff. And the music and wellness ensemble appears in many, many settings in different uh, hospitals and care providing centers across Knoxville. But the most powerful setting that they work in and that I've seen is in the neonatal intensive care unit. And I've seen mm. a, a, a violinist with a, you know, with, a, with a mute on the violin to dampen the sound standing next to a prematurely born infant and you know, with the supervision of a music therapist playing different styles of music and watching the heart rate slow down and the oxygen retention That's amazing. go up. Yeah, that really is amazing. I mentioned in the last segment there towards the end about being, you know, when I was in my mother's womb, because we now know being around music, even when we're in our, when, when we're in our mom's womb can really be, really help development, right? Yes. Yeah. No, me, me, music is, music is good for you. And I, and, you know, I personally like to think that the, that the type of music that the symphony generally plays is, is among the best types of music for for your health and for your soul, really. Aram, as a musician, what are some of the benefits you get from participating in the creation of music as opposed to just listening? Oh, uh, I mean, conducting is so much fun it should be illegal, honestly. It's the... (laughs) Well, the creativity and the, the ability to just... I mean, just kind of paint a, it's like you're painting, painting a blank canvas almost. It really, yeah. It, so it's interesting. For, so for me, the, the act of making music and engaging in music has always been about connecting with people. That's where, the, you know, that's, that's where the high of music comes from, from me, because when you're working with an orchestra, You've got, you know, 75 people in the orchestra that you're forming connections with through this art form. And then you've got thousand plus people in the audience who are all a part of this intricate web of connections that everybody's bringing their own personal history to and their own personal, you know, unique presence to. And then you're doing it through this medium of music, some of some of which has been around for 100 years, 200 years, 300 years. And so you're forming connections, reaching back generations, not just to the composer that wrote this down that you're trying to, you know, that you're trying to renew to life every time you take this ink on a page and turn it into sound. But like, for example, with a piece like Handel's Messiah, which we play every year, I think there's something really magical about the fact that you're not only creating this fellowship in the room with the people that are there, but you're also reaching back to the countless people who have enjoyed and created that piece anew for year upon year upon year. And I include the audience in that creative process because I think the audience and the energy and vitality that they bring really are a part of the performance and every performer will tell you the energy from the audience feeds into the performance that happens on stage. I think your word there, but Aram about connection is just brilliant because when, when I think of the effect of music, I think uh, the first thing I think of is emotion mm. and, but it's the way we connect with that emotion. And 
I think that's a real blessing that we have somebody over the, running the symphony now that, that understands that ability to connect. Um, I'm sure we, I know I've been around, I'm sure you have people that was kind of music for music's sake Mm, Yeah, and music's beautiful and yeah, you want it to be precise and all those things, but it's all about how you connect with people. I completely agree with that. It really is. And I do think that sometimes, uh, classical music and symphonic music gets a, gets a bad rep in that, you know, we, you know, classical performers because of some of the formality of the performance and sometimes some of the way we present ourselves can seem a little bit unreachable or, you know, like we're like, you know, we're we're so focused and we're so serious, you know, but it truly music is above all a communicative art form. I mean, and there's a reason why we talk in music about the idea of harmony and you think about all of the different meanings of that word harmony you know we're we 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 make musical harmony with with the notes that we're playing but really music creates a harmonious experience among the people that are present for it well that's interesting the the when you think of the great performers i mean yeah there there can be a formality to it but the really great ones they create such passion and emotion, even with the formality. It's really something. What do you think the difference? Talk a little bit, Aaron, the difference about hearing something in person versus a recording. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, I any 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 time you can hear something in person, I think it's better than the recording. I think it's because a completely different experience in many cases. It's a it's a completely different experience because, I mean, you you have. You have more of a sense of the other person in the room when you're hearing something in person. You know, the you you have a you have a more complete sense of who the performer is if they're there. the The room vibrates differently. It's you know, it's it's just it's a it's a more immediate, less filtered experience than what you have listening to something that's recorded. You're you know, you're you're getting the. It's, it's, you know, I, I keep going back. I don't know why I keep going back to this, this, this nutrition metaphor that we've been talking about today. Maybe it's because I have, didn't have a big <laughs> enough breakfast or something this morning, but it's like, it's like the difference between eating fresh food and eating processed food, you know? Uh, that's an interesting analogy. I think the aesthetic of it when you're there in person, I personally feel a lot more connection and emotion when I'm in the hall mm-hmm. than when I'm just listening to the recording. Yeah. Um, certainly, well, and- certainly the great producers, you know they can capture that in the recording. They can yeah. capture the passion and the and the emotion, but there's just nothing like being live. And and plus the visual part of that. Yes. Well, and not only that, but what you're missing uh, or what you're getting in the live experience that you're not getting necessarily in the recording experience is you are not only getting that energy off of the performer, but you're getting the energy off of all the other people who are there to share in the enjoyment of the same thing that you are there to share in the enjoyment of. That's what I love about the audience experiences. Yes, every single person is having a highly individualized experience of their personal connection with what's happening on stage. And you know, that's what you still that's what you have when you listen to a recording. It's, you know, it's what's on the recording and you with your headphones on. But when you're in in the house, it's you, it's the people on stage, but then it's everybody else also it's 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 again we keep talking about community it's a it's a communal experience and there are so you know 
our, our society is getting increasingly individualized. You know, we, we live through our phones, you know, all, all of that. There are increasingly few settings in the 21st century in America where people are coming together in fellowship and just for the sake of something they love. I mean, concerts, sporting events, faith communities, that's, you know, for most people, that's, that's, that those are the, those are really the only places that we have to access that type of experience anymore. Yeah, I would highly encourage everyone listening if you've not been to a symphony program. They and they have. We'll, we'll talk a little bit later about the different series that they have, and and because there's there's something for everyone. Depend, you know, regardless of your taste in music. I highly encourage you to check that out. You can go to KnoxvilleSymphony.com uh, to find their whole list of, of all their upcoming events. When we come back, you know, we've talked about the importance of music. We know the health benefits. I want to talk about for the ch- kids today as they grow up, the importance of music for kids and what the symphony is doing in the communities to foster the development of music education. So stay with us. We're visiting with Aram Demergen with the Knoxville Symphony. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. This is More Living with Jim Brogan where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. Music is such a critical part of living your best life. As you listen to News Talk 98.7 WOKI, and we're visiting with Aram Demergen. We have a real gem here in Knoxville with the Knoxville Symphony. Aram Demergen has been uh, conducting the symphony now for seven years, and, and we just are embarking on the eighth year, right? That's right. So it's really fantastic. Uh, before we get back to Aram, I do want to have our dollars and cents segment. How can you maximize the impact of your charitable donations? Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip. How can you maximize the impact of your charitable giving and maximize your tax savings? How can you put all that together? You know, the Internal Revenue Code is written in a way to really incentivize us to give to charity. And the reason for that is we know that private charities, when they are well run, charities and churches, are much more efficient with our dollars than the federal government. And so Congress, long time ago, created benefits to charitable giving. Because, you know, a, cha- a good charity may get, you know, 80 to 85 cents or even 90 cents on the dollar may go to benefit the people you're giving to as opposed to pay expenses, whereas the, the government, I mean, it might be 15 or 20 cents if, if we're fortunate. So the idea is we can be more efficient, and then there are also tax benefits. And so I thought this would be a great thing to talk about because a, a, a 501c3, a charity like the Knoxville Symphony, depends on that in order to run, and they depend on that funding. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk about how to maximize impact of your gift and minimize your income taxes. And the biggest takeaway I, I want to have here is 
the best thing to give to a charity or a church from a tax perspective is an asset that you have not paid income tax on. Because think of the benefits. See, if I give $100 from the bank, from if I just write a check for $100, you know, I've already paid a, a income tax on that $100 that I have in my checking account, right? But if I, if I have a stock that I bought for $10 and it's worth $100 and I give it to the charity, I still get the full $100 tax deduction, but I don't have to pay capital gains tax on the $90 of gains. So let's use real numbers. If you've got, you paid $5,000 for a stock, it's worth $10,000. You know, if you sell it, if you've had it for more than a year, it's a long-term capital gain and usually going to be taxed between 15 and 23.8%. So five to $10,000. But if I give those shares directly to the church, to the charity or church and let them sell the asset, they're tax exempt. I still get that $10,000 tax deduction, but I don't have to pay the tax on the, on the long-term capital gain. Likewise, people that are over age 70 and a half, have the really the greatest opportunity in that you can give money directly to charity or church from your IRA and not have to pay income tax on that distribution. Remember, most, if not all, of the money in your IRA you have never paid income tax on. So that means every dollar that comes out has to be taxed. You've never paid any of it on most of it, if not all of it, and it's taxed as ordinary income. It doesn't get long-term capital gains tax treatment, which is, of course, better than ordinary income. So that's even better. You've got, if you've got $5,000 in there and you give it all to a charity, you never paid any income tax on that $5,000. It benefits the charity, and what a great thing that is. Now, the check has to be made out to the church or charity. And it can only be done from an IRA. You cannot do that from a 401k or a 403b or a 457 or other company plan. It has to be an IRA. But that can be extremely effective, especially once you get to 73 years old and have to start doing those required minimum distributions because it comes straight off your taxable income on page one of your tax return. So the best way to make an impact, number one, Charities are much more efficient with our money. Qualified charities that make good use of our money are much more qualified to use those dollars efficiently than the federal government, which is why we're incentivized tax-wise to give to charity. And then secondly, anytime you can give assets that you've not paid any of the income taxes or, or, or capital gains or investment taxes on, you can, it can have an even greater impact on your own financial planning. That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com. Do please check us out at BroganFinancial.com. We've got a wealth of information there uh, so you can become more informed and make prudent decisions that can impact the quality of your life. My next class is through the Pellissippi State at their Hardin Valley location. It is Thrive Financially in Retirement on October 17th and 24th, 6.30 p.m. through their community outreach. Uh, you can go to PellissippiRetirementPlanning.com to download a syllabus and click to register. Again, that's thir- Tuesdays, October 17th and 24th, two two-hour sessions, 
PillissippiRetirementPlanning.com. I'll be the instructor. Would love to see you there. We're visiting with Aaron Demergen. He's the conductor of the Knoxville Symphony, and we're talking about the power of music. And, I, and we've talked about kids and music education. Let's dive into that. Aaron, music education is such a big part of the KSO. Talk about programming that the KSO brings to area schools. Well, education is among the most important, if not the most important, uh, activities that we engage in as the KSO. Um, There are so many education options that both uh, bring the musicians directly into the schools and bring students into the concert hall as well. Uh, In terms of what's bringing musicians into schools and children's libraries, we have a program that's called uh, Musical Storytime, and this is geared more towards younger kids, uh, you know, in school-age kids, you know, kindergartners and first graders, but then also this program uh, takes place in children's libraries uh, all across East Tennessee. We've taken this program to, I think, uh, 19 different counties in East East Tennessee, and what the program is is uh, it is a string quartet that uh, performs music to go along with children's stories, so there is a there's a narrator there, that, and it's really it's like story time. All all the uh, kids or the students and their parents and their teachers they all gather around, sit on the floor uh, around the string quartet. They get read three stories that are animated by musical selections selected by the musicians uh, that go along with the story. So it's all, it's a if if you've if you've ever heard Peter and the Wolf, it's a little bit like that model where, you know, there's a certain character that's represented by a particular melody and onward and onward and uh, it's one of the most successful in demand education programs that we have. We also have uh, c- concerts for uh, elementary school students that happen in the various concert halls we perform in. We have our young people's concerts for grades three through five, and we have our very young people's concerts for kindergarten through second grade. These are uh, school field trips uh, that will reach uh, more than 10,000 students in the upcoming academic year. And these programs typically will both serve as a way of introducing music to these students, but will also connect music to one of the other, I guess you could say, core four subjects. We call it co-curricular programming, so that you're learning about many different things at once. But primarily the goal is to create a memorable, fun, exciting experience for the kids. I think the just giving the the kids access to those to that programming is so critically important. I mean, it changed my childhood. I was, you know, my primary instrument growing up was violin. Mm-hmm. But in the sixth grade, I was playing saxophone in the high school, in the middle school band, and they had a woodwind quintet come in yep. from UT, from, uh, and, and Keith McClellan was playing the bassoon in that woodwind quintet, and I really didn't know much about the bassoon, and I fell in love with the bassoon, and so it kind of became my secondary instrument. So getting exposure to that, my concern, Aram, and I want to ask you if you have a concern here, I mean... The ability to pursue music for kids today, it's a lot harder to fit fine arts in to the school curriculum because of all the requirements and how those have evolved. And I think that's a problem. What what do you think and what can we do to combat that? Well, I am concerned. Uh, and you're absolutely right uh, with all of the 
with all of the new curricular and testing requirements that seem to get added year upon year, it's uh, it's harder to fit fi- fine arts curriculum uh, into our schools. And because the arts are something that is, you know, it, it's harder to quantify the arts. And so by extension, it's harder to justify budgeting for the arts. But anybody that's engaged in the arts knows how essential they are. And you know, for for students, you might not be getting you know getting something out of engagement with the arts that you can put a score on necessarily or 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 a test to, but you're getting things that are going to whether whether you whether you decide to pursue music as a career or just as you know as a love the way the way you did, uh, you're getting things that that will feed into anything else you go on in life to do. I mean. Creativity. Every profession needs creativity and resourcefulness. Uh, you're learning how to how to practice and put in regular work and and see the results of that work. You're learning how to stand in front of groups of people and perform and have confidence. You're building a sense of community with people. I mean, personally, you know, for me, uh, I. Anybody who's seen me probably wouldn't have any trouble guessing. I wasn't the best athlete as a kid, and I was never going to. I, I was never going to find, you know, like a, a a sports team or anything like that where I felt like I where I felt like I belonged and that that I, that I was excelling. But I did find that in orchestra and in choir, and that made me a happier human being as a kid. Yeah, I think touching on the the extra benefits other than just learning music. Uh, the other life skills that you learn there. I just, you know, I hope and I'm I'm so happy that the symphony does so much in the area with the with the school kids mm-hmm. to just give them more exposure to music because it can end up changing a kid's life. Well, and you you ask you know you you ask what can people do? Um, certainly, you know they can they can support organizations like the KSO that create opportunities for exposure to music for young people. I mean. Many of the young people that come to our musical story times, it's the first time they've seen maybe a musical instrument in person. And they get to after afterwards, they get to walk up and hold it and they get to make sound on it. I mean, that that exposure is the key to getting kids excited about playing instruments. Uh, you know, people can also, you know, if if you have if you have kids or grandkids, you know, sign them up for a piano lesson, sign, sign them up for a violin lesson, uh, see, you know, see how they, see how they feel about it. And then also you can, uh, you can bring your kids to concerts. The symphony is a part of something called Penny for the Arts program. And any uh, person 12 or under that comes to a concert with an adult, the adult pays full price ticket. The the child, twelve or under, pays one cent, and you get a concert out of it. That, that, that's really awesome. Um, you, you know, you mentioned all the, the the instrumentation stuff, and of course, you got the youth symphony. You've also got the youth symphony choir. Can you touch real briefly, Aram, on the history of the youth symphony? Yes. So the Knoxville Symphony Youth Orchestra program is celebrating its fiftieth anniversary this season, and we're gonna we are planning. That's a, that's kind of unreal. Oh yeah, I know it's it's unbelievable. We're 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 planning a number of events throughout the year uh, to to celebrate this milestone. Uh, the the Youth Symphony has been is 
is in the best place that it has ever been. It is thriving. There are, we, we call it the Knoxville Symphony Youth Orchestra Program. There are six orchestras in that program, uh, comprising 322 students this year. And in addition to that, the latest addition to our youth ensemble programs is the Symphony Youth Choir, which is something that we've wanted to do for a long time because Knoxville, for a few years now, hasn't had really kind of a centralized youth choir where kids from a lot of different schools can come together and have this really, uh, you know, a, 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 a really um, uh, high level uh, educational experience with choir. And we've had so much success and interest with this program. They've already been featured on some of our most significant concerts, like the Clayton Holiday concert. They're in their second year. We've already expanded it to two choirs now. So really with our youth programs, it's just, you know, onward and upward. And it's encouraging to me, actually, because it tells me that there is interest in getting young people involved in music because it's like, you know, if you build it, they will come people are still flocking to opportunities like this. And I think particularly because these types of opportunities at the level that the Knoxville Symphony Youth Ensemble programs are doing it are increasingly and unfortunately harder and harder to find uh, in regular school. And I do want to mention that holiday Christmas concert. This year is the 37th annual Clayton Holiday Concert. It's on December 15th through the 17th, and it's such a consortium. You've got the symphony. You've got Webb School of Knoxville Madrigal Singers. I'll be there with my daughter. Mm -hmm. We've got the Knoxville Choral Society, the Knoxville Symphony Youth Choir, and the and Go Contemporary Dance Works, which ironically my other daughter used to be in yep. when she was growing up. Uh -huh. So it's just such a consolidation and such a cons or consortium of different things that, that are just a wonderful experience. Again, you can get more information on that at KnoxvilleSymphony.com. We're about out of time, but when we come back, I want to ask Aaron some fun stuff, just about things he's done, experiences he's had. Might, might ask him his favorite piece of, uh, favorite piece of work that he's ever heard or maybe ever performed. So stay with us. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm Jim Brogan. We're visiting with Aaron Demergen, the, Knox, the conductor for the Knoxville Symphony Orchestra. Uh, I'm going to kind of rapid fire a few questions, just kind of some fun stuff. Okay, here we go. What's your favorite piece of work? Okay, that's an impossible question. <laughs> I thought you but, might say but, that. It, but okay, but if I have if I have to pick one that I have a deeper connection to than anything else, it's Aaron Copeland's Appalachian Spring, and that was true before I became a resident of Appalachia. That's great. What What is your favorite thing about Knoxville? Where do you go, and where do you go for fun? My favorite, well, my favorite thing about Knoxville is the Knoxville Symphony, but uh, <laughs> my, uh, so there is a, there is a block on Union Ave in downtown that is my happy place. It's just a, it's, it's got my favorite re or one of my favorite restaurants. It's got my favorite coffee shop. It's got my favorite bookstore. And anytime that I, my mood needs to pick me up, I just walk down that block. That's great. We all have a place like that. I think that's really cool. What about fun? Where do you go for fun? 
Oh, where do I go for fun? Uh, my goodness. Uh, you know, where do I go for fun? I I go into the backyard with my dog. Oh, really? Well, that makes a lot of sense, actually. That's another subject for another show about the power of our pets and, and how therapeutic they can be. Um, what's the most fascinating place you've ever been or traveled to? Oh, wow. The most fascinating place I've ever been or traveled to th- for a musical experience well, or be, just it, anything. anything. Right on. Um, I, I, the reason I thought to ask that is because of your musical experiences, but really anything. Sure. Um well, you know, let me let me talk about an incredibly powerful experience that I had through music was actually my high school choir, which was just, you know, I went to a regular public high school. My high school choir did a, a, a tour to Armenia, and I'm Armenian. It was a week-long tour. It wasn't all Armenian kids. It was mostly American kids, uh, but it was the first time that I had been. And it was really incredible going back to the, you know, the, 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 the motherland, as it were, where I had never been before, but experiencing it through the eyes of a bunch of my friends who didn't have the connection to the history. And so I was both discovering it and was teaching it to others. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it, it kind of jumped out like that. Um, I know when I think of it most interesting, probably the, the, the highlight is... I had the opportunity with a group called the Glen Draper Singers. We sang with the Billy Graham Crusade in Moscow. Mm. A year after the Iron Curtain fell in Moscow oh, wow. Arena, there were 55,000 Russians. They had a 3,000-voice Russian choir singing How Great Thou Art. Oh, it was, that was unbelievable. There were 18 of us in the group yeah. singing. That really stands out. Um, what is the most interesting place you've ever performed or conducted a piece of music? The most interesting place, or just I, the most memorable that you remember? Um, well, I've I've had the chance to conduct in a lot of beautiful concert halls. I'll but bet. I would say, I grew up in Boston. Uh, there's nothing quite like being on the stage of Symphony Hall, Boston. Uh, I I've gotten to conduct there twice before, and uh, it's it's really something. Do you compose or arrange music? I do both. Not. Either. I do not compose music. Uh, never, never had the urge or drive to. I'm happy to be in. Ch- with your piano and cello background, you'd be a natural because you, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how composers do it, and just you know, they, 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 they pull this music out of, out of thin air, out of whole cloth. It's just never been a. It's never really been a thing for me. Do I arrange music? Yes. Uh, not really, not with any regularity, and certainly not as a, as a business pursuit, but. If there is something that the symphony needs that you know that it uh, that will be facilitated by me writing an arrangement, I'll do it. Today we've been visiting with Aram Demergen, uh, the conductor of the Knoxville Symphony Orchestra. Aram, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I, I had so many other things I wanted to cover, but it was a lot of fun. Thank you. It was you. great to talk to you, Jim. The Knoxville Symphony depends on our contributions and donations. Uh, go to knoxvillesymphony.org to learn more. But 
the biggest thing, get involved. To go enjoy some of these. There's something for everything. They got the pop series. They got the masterwork series. They've got all kinds of children's things. They got the holiday Christmas concert. So find out more at KnoxvilleSymphony.com. Today we've discussed music because great music leads to more living so you can live the best years of your life your way. Many thanks to Chris for engineering the show. Many thanks to Jill for helping produce the show. Thank you to Aram Demergen from the Knoxville Symphony. As you've been listening to News Talk 98.7 WOKI, have a great week and go Big Orange. The views expressed by Jim Brogan and his guests are not that of Cumulus Media. Any discussion of financial, legal, and tax planning strategies is not intended to be individualized advice and is general in nature. Always consult with your advisor for advice specific to your needs. This program's content does not represent a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment by Jim Brogan or Brogan Financial Incorporated.